Section 74 of The Cloister and the Hearth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Cloister and the Hearth by Charles Reed. Chapter 69. In the guest chamber of a Dominican convent lay a single stranger, exhausted by successive and violent fits of nausea which had at last subsided leaving him almost as weak as margaret lay that night in holland a huge wood-fire burned on the hearth and beside it hung the patient's clothes a gigantic friar sat by his bedside reading pious colics aloud from his breviary the patient at times eyed him and seemed to listen at others closed his eyes and moaned the monk kneeled down with his face touching the ground and prayed for him then rose and bade him farewell daybreaks said he i must prepare for matins good father jerome before you go how came i hither by the hand of heaven you flung away god's gift he bestowed it on you again think of it hast tried the world and found its gall now try the church the church is peace pax vobiscum he was gone gerard lay back meditating and wondering till weak and wearied he fell into a doze when he awoke again he found a new nurse seated beside him it was a layman with an eye as small and restless as father jerome's was calm and majestic the man inquired earnestly how he felt very very weak where have i seen you before messer none the worse for my gauntlet inquired the other with considerable anxiety i was fain to strike you with all or both you and i should be at the bottom of tiber gerard stared at him what twas you saved me how well signor i was by the banks of tiber on on an errand no matter what you came to me and begged hard for a dagger stroke but ere i could oblige you hey even as you spoke to me i knew you for the signor that saved my wife and child upon the sea it is teresa's husband and an assassin at your service well sir gerard the next thing was you flung yourself into tiber and bade me hold aloof i remember that had it been any but you believe me i had obeyed you and not wagged a finger men are my foes they may all hang on one rope or drown in one river for me but when thou sinking in tiber didst cry margaret ah my heart did cry teresa how could i go home and look her in the face did i let thee die and by the very death thou savest her from so in i went and luckily for us both i swim like a duck you seeing me near and being bent on destruction tried to grip me and so end us both but i swam round thee and received my excuses so buffeted thee on the nape of the neck with my steel glove that thou lost sense and i with much ado the stream being strong did draw thy body to land but insensible and full of water then i took thee on my back 
and made for my own home teresa will nurse him and be pleased with me thought i but hard by this monastery a holy friar the biggest heir i saw met us and asked the matter so i told him he looked hard at thee i know the face quoth he tis one gerard a fair youth from holland the same quoth i then said his reverence he hath friends among our brethren leave him with us charity it is our office also he told me they of the convent had better means to tend thee than i had and that was true enow so i just bargained to be let in to see thee once a day and here thou art and the miscreant cast a strange look of affection and interest upon gerard gerard did not respond to it he felt as if a snake were in the room he closed his eyes ah thou wouldst sleep said the miscreant eagerly i go and he retired on tiptoe with a promise to come every day gerard lay with his eyes closed not asleep but deeply pondering saved from death by an assassin was not this the finger of heaven of that heaven he had insulted cursed and defied he shuddered at his blasphemies he tried to pray he found he could utter prayers but he could not pray i am doomed eternally he cried doomed doomed the organ of the convent church burst on his ear in rich and solemn harmony then rose the voices of the choir chanting a full service among them was one that seemed to hover above the others and tower towards heaven a sweet boy's voice full pure angelic he closed his eyes and listened the days of his own boyhood flowed back upon him in those sweet pious harmonies no earthly dross there no foul fierce passions rending and corrupting the soul peace peace sweet balmy peace nay he sighed the church's peace of mind till i left her bosom i ne'er knew sorrow nor sin and the poor torn worn creature wept and even as he wept there beamed on him the sweet and reverend face of one he had never thought to see again it was the face of father anselm the good father had only reached the convent the night before last gerard recognized him in a moment and cried to him o oh, father anselm you cured my wounded body in hulier now cure my hurt soul in rome alas you cannot anselm sat down by the bedside and putting a gentle hand on his head first calmed him with a soothing word or two he then for he had learned how gerard came there spoke to him kindly but solemnly and made him feel his crime and urged him to repentance and gratitude to that divine power which had thwarted his will to save his soul come my son said he first purge thy bosom of its load ah father said gerard in hulier's i could then i was innocent but now impious monster that i am i dare not confess to you why not my son thinkest thou i have not sinned against heaven in my time and deeply oh how deeply come poor laden soul 
pour forth thy grief pour forth thy faults hold back naught lie not oppressed and crushed by hidden sins and soon gerard was at father anselm's knees confessing his every sin with sighs and groans of penitence thy sins are great said anselm the temptation also was great terribly great i must consult our good prior the good anselm kissed his brow and left him to consult the superior as to his penance and lo gerard could pray now and he prayed with all his heart the phase through which this remarkable mind now passed may be summed in a word penitence he turned with terror and aversion from the world and begged passionately to remain in the convent to him convent nurtured it was like a bird returning wounded wearied to its gentle nest he passed his novitiate in prayer and mortification and pious reading and meditation the princess clelia's spy went home and told her that gerard was certainly dead the manner of his death unknown at present she seemed literally stunned when after a long time she found breath to speak at all it was to bemoan her lot cursed with such ready tools so soon she sighed see how swift these monsters are to do ill deeds they come to us in our hot blood and first tempt us with their venal daggers then enact the mortal deeds we ne'er had thought on but for them ere many hours had passed her pity for gerard and hatred of his murderer had risen to fever heat which with this fool was blood heat poor soul i cannot call thee back to life but he shall never live that traitorously slew thee and she put armed men in ambush and kept them on guard all day ready when lodovico should come for his money to fall on him in a certain antechamber and hack him to pieces strike at his head said she for he weareth a privy coat of mail and if he goes hence alive your own heads shall answer it and so she sat weeping her victim and pulling the strings of machines to shed the blood of a second for having been her machine to kill the first end of section seventy four recording by john brandon